Ion 2020, episode 82. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, happy Friday. It's Ray Eaton, your host of Eye on 2020, the place that you're coming to daily for the news, the related events, and all the happenings, going-ons, all the uh, crazy stuff that's going on with this 2020 election cycle. And I do appreciate all of you listening, all those that come out on a daily basis to listen, as well as the first-time listeners. I appreciate you listening. I really do. And uh, I hope you'll return, and you can do that by going ahead and subscribing to the show, and then you can also... Um, give me a five-star rating interview. Might as well, right? Uh, if you like what you hear, you could, you could wait to the end of the show, see if you like it, and if you do, then go ahead and hit me up with a five-star rating and review. Uh, I have been publishing a website called IonTheEmpire.com for about the last month now, and uh, if you want to find some news events that are going on with relates, which relates to our uh, government and the things that it's doing overseas and domestically, uh, and, you know, just some some interesting pieces that I find in the news. You can uh, go there as well and just search that up. I also post the podcast there every single day uh, just so that you have it as well. And then I also uh, have a Twitter handle that is I on the Empire. And you can also look me up on Facebook. And you can do that. Uh, just search I on the Empire. And I have a page there. And uh, there... You know, you're getting links to different things that I find as well with regards to the uh, with the media and uh, things that are going on in the news and things like that. So, uh, like I said, I appreciate you guys doing that, tuning in today, and uh, come back tomorrow just by subscribing. All right, but um, I was reading an article earlier today, and that's what I wanted to talk about was this particular article. And the article was written by somebody that's in the millennial generation, and uh, sounds like this person is definitely somebody who leans more conservative, uh, maybe even libertarian, I'm not sure. That was on fee.org. And it was a really interesting article because the person was writing and they were trying to figure out what to write about and all. And uh, in the article, they said that they were sitting at a Starbucks and they were, she just started looking around and saw that everyone's on their phones and on their computers. And they walk up to the counter and they get this nice little drink and stuff. And uh, then she quotes... Um, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she says, you know, that that, that what this, what that particular politician said is that these, you know, the kids that are growing up today in the millennial generation don't know what it's like to have prosperity. And then this particular person that's writing the article looks around and says, they don't even know what not having prosperity is because we live in a time now where there is just... M- enormous prosperity out there. Uh, I mean, 10 years ago, you would never think to yourself that you can start your own podcast just by talking into a, you know, talking into my iPad. That's what I'm doing. I'm sitting here in a parking lot 
talking to you guys, talking into an iPad, and I have another iPad sitting in front of me also where I pull up all of the news. Like, I have two iPads, a phone, that I'm using streaming wireless internet uh, in order to make sure that this episode comes to you. And that's what I do every single day, five days a week when I'm making this podcast. So, I mean, there's enormous wealth, wealth that would never even have been thought about, you know, 10 years ago. And if you look even back 20 years ago and then 30 years ago, there was no such thing as the internet. Uh, You were still watching TV on one of those damn TVs that you have to turn the knob and beat on the side of it. I mean, the the lives that we live today are just absolutely amazing. And um, so when I'm reading that article, it was just, I was just very much relating to what she was saying because these kids nowadays, they take all this stuff for granted. I mean, if you look overseas, the, the poverty that some of these place, you know, these countries live in, the dictatorships they live under, the wars that are going on in these countries that are being invaded by America, being invaded by England, being invaded by Saudi Arabia, that are, you know, just the, con- the conflicts that are going on within these countries that are just civil wars and things, and then you have, you know, these dictatorships that don't allow people to have freedom and prosperity and peace. You know, America's a lot of times are paying these dictators to stay in power uh, in order to keep some kind of semblance control within these countries. But the reality is, is that the world is a place of poverty and we live in America, which is just an amazing place where there's so much wealth, there's so much prosperity and kids want to complain about this. But I don't think I think this is what I think about this situation is that when people complain or when politicians start talking about these issues, right? They're just trying to instill fear. They're trying to instill a need, a legitimate need for them to get elected, right? So they're going to say negative things about the economy, just like Donald Trump did, right? Uh, China's destroying our, our economy. China's doing this. China's doing that. Then when he gets into power, he says everything's great, everything's good, the economy is great, and so forth. And that's what politicians do. They try to play off your emotional fears and your emotions that say, hey, the world is not a good place. And then that gets the people to start parroting that information. And when you start looking at the world through a negative lens like that, if you start seeing everything through, hey, look at me, I'm a victim, then everything's going to be victim. Everything's going to allow you to rationalize that in your mind that you are a victim and that's what these kids seem like they're doing nowadays in my opinion they're sitting there talking on their phones hanging out at coffee shops you know have so much wealth at their fingertips so much ability to make something of their lives yet a lot of times you hear about the millennial generation is all they do is complain bicker and moan and so forth and that just drives me absolutely bonkers man it absolutely does it drives me crazy um i'm of the generation x you know i'm right, right at the begin or right at the end of generation x that's when i was born and my generation very independent and so forth now we were the generation that everyone thought would just you know screw up the world and you know we we're the generation that had no responsibility that our parents hated us and so forth but a lot of us seemed like we turned out okay um now i still have tons and tons of friends that you know are uh, that are living lives of addiction I have tons of friends from high school, you know, you see them on Facebook all the time, and they're just in and out of jobs, they're just having challenges, so I can't say that all Generation X turned out good, just like all, all millennials are gonna, aren't going to turn out bad, I think that, you know, you have the 50% that are good, or, you know, the 20% that are really good, the 20% that are really bad, and then all these people in the middle, um, and older people always look at younger people 
as if there's something wrong with that generation. That's just throughout history. It's always been that way. Um, it's just us older people and the older people, either even older than me, we just don't understand that generation and how they're going to survive. But politicians will play on that constantly, and they do. They play on this idea that, hey, you cannot succeed because you have so much college debt. You can't succeed because there's not a lot of jobs out there. You can't succeed because of this, this, and this. And if you believe that, and that's what a lot of these people do, they, they be, somehow they believe that we live in a world that's in a, in a country that's in poverty, that's past its prime. Yet, you know, you could communicate with someone in California for free. You could communicate with someone in China for free. You could pr- you could probably communicate with someone in Antarctica for free if you wanted to. You know, uh, there's no stopping you because of the way that this world is set up now, the communicate the ability to communicate is there. The ability to trade across borders, you know, unhindered is there. There's just so much opportunity for us, and that's what these kids need to be preached about, man. They really do now. That gets me into something else that I was listening. I was just listening to a podcast on the topic of technology, and this person was saying that 2007 was the year that passed everyone by uh, because of 2008. So 2008 is the financial crisis, everything kind of tanks, but 2007 is the year that Twitter got started, Facebook got started, um, Bitcoin got started, like all these huge technological innovations happened in 2007. Um, Little software programs allow all computers to communicate amongst each other. Um, and I'm, I'm no expert on all the technological stuff that goes on, but he was just, he was going through just tons and tons of technological, technological innovations that happened in the year 2007 that allow us to have the world that we live in today. Yet 2008 happens. And he says, it seems like 2007 happened and 2008 happens. It's kind of like a, you know, the old system failing while the new system starts going forward and, it's just amazing the way that the world is today versus the way that it was in 2006. I remember in 2000, what was it? 2003, I believe it was 2003, 2004. I would be backpacking around Europe, right? I backpacked around Europe for two summers in a row for four months each. And in 2003, 2004, you did not have a smartphone in your pocket. If you did go overseas, you could buy like a little portable phone and put a SIM card into it and it might work. You'd be able to buy minutes and so forth. I mean, that's just the way it was. Um, but the internet, you still had to almost physically go to a computer and hop on the internet. Like we would go to internet cafes in all the country and all the cities that I'd go to. I remember going to, you know, this internet cafe in Florence in order to book my book a hostel over in Rome. And that's just the way that you got around back then. Nowadays, if you have a smartphone in your pocket, you throw a SIM card in, in that, for it in that country, and you can use that smartphone to do all of your bookings and so forth. There's no need for the internet cafes anywhere. There's nothing like that. Um, I remember, you know, there was no way to really post on Facebook or anything back then either. I think MySpace might have just been getting to go in, but I'm not sure. Uh, I can't even remember that because I only used MySpace a little bit before, you know, before the 2000, that 2007 era, right? Uh, when Facebook got going. So, but when I was backpacking, it was just a whole different game than if you were traveling around nowadays, right? Um, you'd be able to post your entire, you'd be able to post every day, you'd be able to post every picture that you have on Facebook. You could gather yourself a following people. At that point, you could probably start making a little money doing that because you're getting an audience going. I mean, there's 
so many ways to just gather an audience through communication nowadays that you did not have back then. It would have been impossible. I remember my, I was working at a restaurant at the time. I was working at a place called Bennigan's, which was a, um, it was an Irish bar, pub and bar down in Orlando, Florida. And I'm working there uh, and my, the general manager walks up and says, hey, I had just gotten back from my trip from Europe. And I said, then I told him, I said, my plan is to save up for the next six months six to nine months, then I'm going to buy another ticket, and I'm going to go back over there for another four months. And he says, yeah, that sounds great. He said, have you ever thought about starting a blog? And and this is 2003. I'm thinking to myself, what on earth is a blog? Because I was not technologically advanced at the time. Um, I didn't really know too much about technology. I didn't even own my own computer at the time. Um, And I was sitting there like, what's a blog? I didn't know. And he says, you ever never heard of a blog? And he kind of explained it to me. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds good. But I'd need a computer to do it. You know, I'm not, but anyway, that was the way to communicate back then was to set up a blog on Blogspot or something, you know? Nowadays, you can do it through Facebook, Twitter, you know, all the different ways that you can do it through Instagram and so forth, posting your pictures. Um, I mean, there's just the communication piece is so easy, but these kids take all that stuff for granted nowadays. It seems like to me, and that's what this person was saying in this article is that kids take all this stuff for granted. And the problem is, is that they've never lived in a world where they've had to deal with adversity. They've never had to live in a world that is poor. They, they didn't go through, um, they they really did not go through like the Great Depression or World War One, World War Two, Vietnam era things like that. We're in living in a world where we've been in Afghanistan and Iraq for the last 17, 16, 17 years, and these kids don't even care about it. I mean, I think I said that in my show yesterday. They 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 brought up over they brought foreign policy three times during. A five-hour session on, you know, session on CNN a couple nights ago on Monday. They five times they bring or three times they bring up foreign policy in five hours, and one of them was, you know, what about these countries that are killing people for being gay, lesbian, transsexual, or whatever, right? Um, but nothing about hey, there's a bomb that you know we bombed a church service, we bombed a wedding reception in Yemen, you know, we bombed a hospital in Yemen and Yemen killed, you know, 200 kids, nothing about anything like that, it's, you know, just these very, the, the, the way that they ask these questions, it's just, they, there's no concern for the wars, and you got the Vietnam generation when there was a draft, you know, they were affected by that war, World War II generation, they were affected by that war, our generation, not a peep. You hardly hear it on the news anymore. And you definitely don't hear much about Yemen ever unless you're paying attention and paying attention to people like Scott Horton on the Scott Horton Show. If you're reading antiwar.com, you'll see things that are coming up. If you're reading, if you're looking hard for it, you can find it. But you're not going to see it on CBS Nightly News. You're not going to see it on NBC Nightly News. You're not going to see it on Fox News. Maybe Tucker Carlson might bring it up on that nine o'clock hour on Fox News, but but I'm sure I'm. I mean, you're just not going to see it. But then when he start when Donald Trump starts bombing Syria, all of a sudden the press is you know applauding and saying finally he's being presidential. But that's these kids. They don't live in that type of world where there's adversity. Adversity. They're just living in a world where they have their iPhones. They're sitting in a coffee shop complaining about how bad things are but that's only because the politicians are 
are making it a point that they're going to start saying how bad things are. And it gives you kind of like, an, it allows them to be your enabler, right? They're, and if you know what an enabler is, it's somebody like, if you're a drug addict, the person that gives you your money to buy your drugs and does not call you out and does not cut you off, that's your enabler. So in this world, the politicians on the Democratic side right now, those social, you know, the, the Democratic socialists that are saying how bad things are, that the world's terrible, those are the enablers of the millennial generation that's listening to that. Um, if you're a millennial, I'm not really calling you out too much. Most of the people that are listening to this show are actually looking for knowledge, I'm sure. Um, but a lot of the people, I mean, you just hear about it all the time. And I think that this whole idea of the millennial generation is way more blown up than it really sounds. I think that you just have a very small percentage of very loud voices. A small percentage of very loud voices that get heard in the media. They know how to get their message out there through Twitter through the you know through the cloud they know how to get that message out there so it sounds like they have a huge voice when they really don't i think most people are like my nephew who's in the millennial generation he's 21 22 years old just graduated from uh high school a couple years ago and now he's going to get his you know he went to college for a year and realized that he wanted to become a welder and uh he realized that welders are gonna make a ton of money in the future and that there's a huge demand for it and that he's, you know, the, the, the wages that he's going to get is going to be, you know, outstanding. And he could also start his own business one day. So he's going to welding school and he's putting his head down. And he's working hard. And this kid goes to, goes to work, you know, six days a week at a restaurant waiting tables. And then he goes to, goes to the welding school for the other five days a week. He takes one day off a week and he saves money. I think a lot of millennials are just like him. But then there's the ones that are not. And I think that they're, they're just a small minority. I really do. Because um, like I said before, you know, you have the 20% that are crap. You have 20% that are great. And then you have the people that are just kind of in the middle. You know, in every, in every situation, that's the case. In sales, that's the case. You have 20% of people that are, when you walk in, they're going to say, yes, sign me up. You have 20% that are going to say, screw you, get out of here. Then you have another, you know, 60% that when you walk in, they might talk to you and they might eventually buy from you. That's the way it sales is. So uh, that's how I feel about, you know, every generation. And, and every generation that's older always looks at the younger generation as if they're crap. Uh, but they're not. I just think that there's, like I said, that that um, that small minority that's very, you know, loud and obnoxious. And they're out there being SJWs, social justice warriors and all. So um, that's what they're going to do, though, right? That's what they're going to do. So I wanted to bring a little bit of that information to you on this Friday. Uh you know, just to let you guys know that, you know, we do live in a pretty decent world right now in the sense that technologically there's a lot of things that are going good. Um, I, and that's that's leaving you guys on a very positive note for this weekend as well. Is that, you know, we live in a world where you could almost separate yourself from government at this point through technology. If And, and we're getting to that point as well. Uh, with cryptocurrencies out there. You could almost if if there was a if there was a group of people if there was a mass of people that were willing to step out of society and use Bitcoin as their currency or something else they can use these cryptocurrencies as their currency of choice. Now you have that ability. You have the ability to make make your own money anywhere you are in the world. You can move to a supposedly I've heard a podcast on this. You can become a nomad a nomad 
I think it, I forget what it's called, but a nomad in the sense of a nomadic tax status, I think is what they call it, where if you're living in Florida or Texas, you can go travel around the world. I think it's for like nine to, t- I think it's like 12 months out of the year, but you could only come into the country, in, into the United States for, I think it's like four of those weeks, right? So 11 months out of the year, you can go travel around the world and have a nomadic status where you don't have to pay taxes on that money up to $100,000. And you can do that in this world where you can make money through a stinking iPad, you know? Um, so the ability's there. You just have to make it happen. We're living in a world that's different. You don't have to go out and just get that 9 to 5 job anymore. You can start having multiple streams of income everywhere you go. You just have to figure out how to make it happen. Um, but this is not a self-help show. I apologize. I didn't want to get on that tangent. I'm just saying on a very positive note... When these politicians are telling you how bad the world is, it's only because they're trying to play to your fears, your anxiety, and your and the and the feeling that people get that they need someone else to help them out. They need somebody else to go up there and, and be their advocate when you need to be your own advocate, and you can do that. But the politicians, they want to play on that because they're trying to get votes, they can get elected, and that's it. So anyway, enjoy your weekend. Come back on Monday and listen, all right? Come back on Monday and listen. The only way you can do that is if you go into your podcatcher and you start searching for Ion 2020 again, then you got to... Oh, no, no, no. The best way to do that is to just go ahead and hit subscribe. Pretty easy, right? Pretty easy. And uh, while you're hitting subscribe, there's a, if you scroll down just a little further on Apple, you can go ahead and hit that five star. I've done it before. I did it for my own podcast, you know, patting my own back, whatever. And uh, you can do it too. Just hit that five-star rating, and then uh, if you want to give me a review, that takes another 30 seconds or so. But uh, find, me on, uh, find me on my Twitter handle, IonTheEmpire, as well as uh, IonTheEmpire.com, and then you could also check me out uh, through, the, through the Facebook page if you use Facebook as well. Uh, but anyway, come on back on Monday, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.